What is going on, everyone? Thank you for returning for another amazing episode here on the Refiner's Fire podcast. This is going to be a great episode where we kind of break down on who is the Father. As you saw last week in our episode, we talked about who God was overall. So we talked about some of his characteristics, uh, some of the things like his omnipresence, his um, uh, omnipotent uh, abilities and characteristics and attributes of him, and just kind of broke down who he was. That way we could have like a ground structure for who God is. And this week we're going to be talking about who was the Father. So as we kind of mentioned last week, there is a thing called the Trinity. Um, and the Trinity is pretty much just breaking down the three um, characters within God. So God is one being but has three beings within him. And those beings are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But today we're going to be talking about who the Father is so that we can understand a little bit more on who he is. How is he a father? In what ways is he a father? How can we see him as a father in Scripture? And it'll just help us just to grow closer to him uh, as we just grow more and more in our life and our faith with him. So the Father is seen pretty much all throughout the Scripture. Uh, a lot of the aspects of seeing the Father actually take place in the Old Testament. There are a lot of hints in the New Testament as well, and we'll bring some Scripture in just to, to back that up too. But a lot of your fatherly aspects uh, of God, I would say, probably resides a little bit more in the Old Testament because you really see how uh, how God the Father takes care of his children, the Israelites. Even in, you know, the first few, you know, books of the Bible, we see God really just kind of show up and be the father of of the Israelites, be the father of the Hebrews. And we really see first and foremost God's way of of fathering you know, the nation of Israel is through how he had an intimate relationship with Abraham. And so we first get to see God as the father uh, of plans and promises. One of the first major characters that we meet in the Bible is named Abram. You know, he's a faithful, you know, um, God-fearing man who just wanted to serve the Lord and wanted to serve God. And so God actually decided, hey, I see this man as being righteous. I want to set up a plan a promise with him. I want to make a covenant with him. And so God actually tells Abraham, hey, I'm setting up a covenant with you. I want you to be the father of many nations and that the whole earth will be blessed through you because of this covenant, because of your descendants, because of what I'm doing with you. So he actually told Abraham to leave his land that he was actually in at the time and move to a whole nother land, a whole nother region, so that God could bless his family, his descendants. He even told him that his descendants would be far numerous than the grains of the sand. Like you you could count all the sand and like your descendants are going to be even bigger than that. And so we get to see God first and foremost as covenant promises. And as we see this, this is actually recorded in Genesis 12, this conversation that, you know, even the earth would be blessed through Abraham because of his obedience, because of the covenant blessed with him. We actually see that take place in Genesis 12. And then all throughout the Old Testament from, you know, Abraham going into uh, Isaac and Jacob and then going into Joseph and the Moses. And then you translate more and more down the path. You see Solomon, you see Saul, you see David. You see Elijah, you see Ezekiel, you see all these other people, and there's this constant covenant being lived out. There's this constant relationship and promise that God is continually to reminding uh, the Israelites, hey, I set this thing up with Abram, with Abraham, because he actually renamed Abram into Abraham later on uh, in the story, but he actually renamed him to Abraham, and he's like, hey, there's this constant renewal 
that he's doing with the uh, with the nation of Israel, saying, "Hey, I set up this promise with you. Why? Because I'm a loving father who cares about you. Because you are my children." Actually, Scripture talks about how Israel was God's firstborn child. That it was first and foremost seen that the the people of Israel were looked upon by God with favor and anointing. Like He even gave them, you know, rules and regulations and laws in order to keep them separated from the rest of the world why because god saw something on them and god wanted something with them and we all we ultimately know through reading the bible and through the lineage um, of jesus that that ultimate promise was salvation by jesus and we kind of see that that's that's kind of how god fulfilled his promises um and then kind of just showed us throughout the time you know how he continued just to keep that promise so he's a god he's a father of promises he's a father of covenants uh, another thing that comes to my mind when you when you're kind of talking about the father is understanding the characteristics of kind of a little bit how a father is too in like the earthly world. Um, so obviously we know we have fathers who take care of us. You know, we definitely um, have that ability to see that God, um, see that God, see that fathers care about us. They they look at us, they see us, they spend time with us. And that's one thing that we see with God and his fatherly aspect in, in the form of him being the father is how he sees us and cares about us. Um, is that, you know, a father will always definitely go and look for his children um, when they're lost or when they're, you know, missing and they can't find them. God, the father, is actually the exact same way. We actually see this, interesting enough, in Genesis 16. So it's kind of a story about Hagar. If you've never heard of Hagar, read uh, read a little bit about Hagar. Uh, look on that; it's really awesome. Um, so we see that you know God shows who the father is to Hagar in Genesis 16. So Sarai, who was Abram's wife at the time, was mistreating Hagar, who was a slave that you know Abraham actually slept with to have children, because Sarah at that time was not able to conceive a child. So after you know everything had had you know, gone down and everything. Uh, between Sarai and and Hagar and Abraham or uh, Abram at the time, we see that there's this kind of tension that ends up happening um, due to Sarai being just jealous and and mad at Hagar. So she just starts mistreating her and just being rude and mean to her. Um, it actually says that Hagar actually fled Sarah because of the abuse. But this is where you kind of see where God shows his his love and affection of Father. Um, but it says, you know, in Genesis 16, actually says in uh, verses 7 through 10, it says, The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside her, uh, beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? And she says, I'm running away from my mistress, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. And then uh, we see a little bit later on, three uh, verses down, it says, She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And so we see here that the Father is a Father who sees you know, he sees you where you are at times in trouble. He sees you in times of needs. He, t- he sees you in times of heartache and pain. He knows where you are at and how to help you. Like he's, he's one thing. He never turns a blind eye. Like there's one thing that's constantly stated throughout scripture as God will never leave you and never forsake you. And that it doesn't matter where you go or, or how far you run away. 
God will always be there to keep an eye on you. Um, always be there to just be the father, be a loving father who's just who's just there to just comfort you and, and be there for you. And anytime you, you know, even if we run away, I mean, I'm sure there's some some of us who's attempted the run away phase, you know, at, at our life at some point in time in our life. But we get to just see the love of the father who sees us and cares for us and says, hey, uh, I'm going to welcome you, whether you run away from me, deny me, love me or hate me. You know, God God is going to love you and he's going to have favor uh, and and uh, just love on you the way that he needs to and the way that a father should. So we get to see him uh, in this passage as well as just being a father who sees. But we also get to see him as the father, uh, as a comforter. You know, the angel went and comforted her in this time and spoke to Hagar and spoke truth and power over her. And, you know, the father showed love and comfort in a time of need. And we can all definitely say we've all been through this time, through these things in our in our lives where we've gone through stuff that's just, it's just hard. You know, we experience pain. We, we experience heartache and, you know, sometimes depression, anxiety. You know, the world gets the better of us at times. But how good is it to know that you have a loving Father in heaven who sees you and knows where you're at and can comfort you in the midst of your storms, in the midst of your battles, in the midst of your fears? Like, that's that's a blessing. Like, uh, it's so good to know that no matter what I'm experiencing, I've got a loving Father in heaven who will come down and send angels, you know, like on, on Hagar's behalf, he sent an angel you know, God can be the same way. He may send an angel and be like, "Hey, I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to I'm gonna allow the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you, to comfort you in this time. Why? Because I'm a loving Father who sees where you're at and knows how to comfort you and speak to you to give you the ability to keep moving forward. And that's one thing we see here in this story with Hagar is that God also gives the ability to empower. You know, God the Father always gives also gives the ability to empower you. He's an empowering father. You know, we, we see this a lot in our early childhoods and other, you know, we've seen the movies and everything, how the dad will, you know, tell his son, like, good job, like, keep it up, you know, when they got a hit at baseball or, you know, scored a touchdown, like, you see that, that I'm proud of you kind of phase, you know, and that, and that come, that sometimes empowers kids and that little bit of, that little bit of showing, um, that they're seen and that they're acknowledged, we see right there that there's that empowerment and even that's that's even here in Hagar's like even the acknowledgement side like he didn't look on her and be like oh well you know she's running away from from the wife of the man I called to be to be holy and set apart you know shame and get on her no like he he acknowledged her as a creation created in his image and he loved on her the way a loving father loves on a daughter like he he acknowledged her and saw her and comforted her and empowered her, and there's there's so much to see in this story. Like God really does just know how to empower you and bless you and give you strength and give you hope and and give you the ability to keep your head up and keep moving forward. And it's it's a beautiful story. Like definitely go look at the at the story of Hagar and how her life was just transformed um, and how God just kind of moved on her behalf. But moving on, we also see as time progressed with the, with the covenant and promise of Abraham, we see you know, that Abraham's there. You have Isaac, you have Jacob, you have Joseph, and then you later transition to this four year, 400 year gap where, you know, the Israelites 
are now enslaved actually in Egypt. And during this time, like there's persecution, there's there's beatings, there's whippings, there's all this you know crap that's just been done to Israel. And Moses steps on the scene. You know, Moses was was a man who was called by God. You know, to go back to to Egypt. You know, he originally was in Egypt. He was he was technically quote unquote the son of, of Pharaoh. You know, by I guess adoption's sake, but he ended up. Um, he ended up moving on forward in uh in his life. Well, not his son, but his yeah. I guess in a way, it was his grandchild. Um, but anyway, we we see that Moses was called um to go back to Egypt after he had fled after you know killing a, an Egyptian for whipping uh, an Israelite. But we see that God um kind of came in. He kind of wrecked a little bit of Moses' life. He sends him and Aaron because Aaron actually is Moses' brother. They both go on ministry on the mission field to go back to Egypt. And through Moses, we see God, the Father, start coming in through this ability to deliver and seeing God as a deliverer. And there's there's a lot that goes on with this you know, passage. Uh, I think overall you can kind of see that this this can kind of quote unquote go underneath the full aspect of who God is. But I think it's got I think it's got some some fatherly aspects in it as well because it kind of all goes back to what I I'd spoken before recently. It's just you know God had Israel set apart like he had he had chosen them already for for what he wanted to set the covenant with, and he had already pretty much solidified them as his firstborn. So, of course, God, the Father, is going to care about his firstborn child and go after them and chase after them and fight for them. And so we see that God is a deliverer. We technically all pretty much see that God is a fighter as well. Like God is willing to go the distance to fight an entire country and and Pharaoh himself to, to set you free. Like that's exactly what he did in Egypt. And so we see that after all this persecution, that through Moses, God's love and affection as father, as deliverer, is set down and moved through uh, Moses' life. We see that the Egyptians eventually, after God you know, continues to give testimony as testimony with plagues and, and uh, what Moses was doing in Egypt, that eventually Pharaoh was like, you know, I can't, I can't deal with enough. Like after this last one, I'm... Uh, I can't I can't do it anymore. So he actually sets the Israelites free and uh, we see that God delivers Egypt. But not only that God, you know, delivers them here, we see the deliverance here, but we see God deliver them a second time and fight for them a second time as their deliverance is taking place because the Egyptians actually tried to retrieve the Israelites and capture them again. You know, but God told Moses when he got to the Red Sea, hey, I want you to split the sea open, like move forward like I've, I've told you to I've told you to go. So like, don't worry about it. I got it. And God showed up. He, he split part of the seas for him and they walked through and uh, they ended up making it to the other side. And then in the midst of them being on the other side, Pharaoh and his army actually was crushed by God uh, and killed because they were still trying to come back and enslave uh, Israel. So we see God as a as a deliverer and as a fighter, um, which is big because God wants to deliver you from the 
things that you're dealing with. You know, we just talked about depression, anxiety, hard and tough times. Like the Father loves you so much, He wishes to deliver you from those things and to bring you into a better life, into the promised life, because the Israelites actually were heading to the promised land at this time after their deliverance from Egypt to partake in the covenant promise that God foretold hundreds and hundreds of years before. And so we get to see even there, like there's this there's this aspect of God the Father who just cares about you in such a different way, um, but also just brings together the the whole part that God wants to bring you from, from death to life. He wants to bring you out of slavery into victory. He wants to bring you out of depression into victory. He wants to bring you out of anxiety to peace. He wants to bring sadness into joy. Like he wants to bring all these things to you. He wants to deliver you from those things into the better things. Why? Because he's a loving father who cares about you. He wants to deliver you from these things because he's willing to fight for you. And he's willing to keep coming after you and chasing after you. And even there, like in that in that story, we see that God is a loving Father who will fight for you and who wants to deliver you, which is, is so is so amazing. Um, and as we move actually into the promised land, we see that God gives these, these laws. Like the first laws that he gives to Moses is the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. And that's when God really had, has started the, the really big part about setting Israel apart. We really get to see the fatherly aspect, the parent aspect of who the father is to to Israel when he starts setting up these laws and these regulations, these these things that he gave to Moses and the Israelites. And he did that not for them to just have all these rules, have all these things like to be a, a egotistical, prideful, you know, dictator God. No, that, that wasn't the point of it. The point of it was so that they could be different and set apart. Why? Because God already knew all the other stuff that was happening around them. He already knew what was going on in different countries. And God was putting these laws and these rules in place so that Israel would remain holy, that they would remain perfect, so that his child would be taken care of. You know, we put rules and regulations for our children. Hey, don't don't stick the fork in, in the wall outlet because we don't want you to electrocute yourself you know it's it's kind of that same thing god was god was serious was serious about his parenting because he knew you know some of the laws talk about you know not worshiping other gods well he he already knew that there were other gods that were being worshiped in the land that they were going into and he was talking about hey don't worship other gods like i i am the god who brought you out of egypt i'm the one who delivered you you know i'm your loving father who cares about you but he knew that if they went and started worshiping these other gods, they'd turn from him. And that's why he put those rules and regulations in place, because he wanted that intimate relationship, because it was an intimate relationship between him and Israel. And so we see the fatherly love in, in him being a parent. He gives them instructions while they're in the wilderness, while they're in you know the time before they step into the promised land and even into the promised land. We see God continues to just be a parent. He he corrects, he guides, he gives uh, callings and anointings to people. He gives order, like he is. He's displaying the fatherly aspect over the house of Israel, just like how our fathers are over the houses in our homes. They set the rules, they set the regulations, they set the tone, like they set the atmosphere. It's the same. Like God did the exact same thing with Israel. 
Like he took the time to really just get them to a point to where he he had them under, understand, like I am the father of this house. Like I, it is by my promise and my covenant that you are who you are today. And it's because of my grace and love and mercy for you that you are who you are today. And I'm bringing you into more of who you're supposed to be into the future. That's why he was given these rules uh, and regulations. But it's, it's also, you know, just very interesting to see that even as they got into the promised land, Joshua ends up taking over and we see that, you know, the whole fighting aspect, God kept fighting for them. God literally made the sun stand still one day just so that Israel would defeat another army. Like God's love as the father, like I said, is, is all over, you know, the Old Testament and throughout the Old Testament. And it's, it's great. It's just seeing that that's how God loves uh, one another um, and how he loves his children and even how like I stated, like he put all those laws in into place, you know, it's taking it the way I was taking it just a second ago. Like you're parenting a, a child, you know, your child. And of course you want what's best for them. You know, you want them to do good. You want them to study, you know, be in school, grow, respect others. You know, they just want to live a respectful life. That's right. But, you know, let's say that you're, you're parenting your child and you see that your child is now hanging out with a particular crowd that's not a great crowd. You know, they, they grow out, uh, they go out and they're just chaotic, they do all the wrong things, they, they're lawless, they have no respect, no responsibility for their actions. You know, you would, you would definitely say that this crowd and your kid would be going down the wrong path. You know, it's not a path that you would say is, is right. And so you would correct them in times you know, there would be times of correction so that they would be uh, put back on the right path. And we see that with God throughout the Old Testament, a lot with your uh, Old Testament prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets, you see a lot of God being a parent who has to correct because the nation of Israel definitely disobeyed God a lot. And as we know with our own parents, when we disobey, there's correction, you know, that's that's needed to be given God the Father is the exact same way. Like he he knows how to correct children better than we do because why? He's 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 the almighty father. Like he's the father who was the first father. You know, there is no one else to base on how to be a father than on the father of God, you know, God the Father. And we see all throughout the Old Testament, you know, God had to continue to correct his children and and try to set them back on the right path. And we as parents, you know, I'm not a parent, but we as parents in this world do the same thing for our children so that we can get them on the right path. And that's the same way that God lived and, and used um, his parent, his parental um, responsibilities to just love on Israel as his children as well. And it's it's just good uh, just to see how that all comes together, you know. And as as we as we read the Old Testament, you see more and more of that um, correction side and the guidance side because God definitely wants to guide His children well. He wants to show them the love and affection of the Father and just be there for them. Like that's that's the point of being a father is to is to be there, be present. And God definitely is a present God. You know, he is a present father. He, like I've stated already, he will meet you where you're at and he will love you, you know, where you're coming from because that's just, that's just who God is. And we actually see that in the New Testament. I'll jump over to the New Testament for a second. Um, in Luke 15, you actually see the, uh, uh, the story of the prodigal son. Well, the story of a prodigal son is a direct reflection between God and his children. 
you know, the, the child, um, one of the, the uh, youngest brother wanted to gain his inheritance and run away and, and use it for the wrong ways. And, and he went out and lived the righteous life and rebelled against God and didn't want to have anything to do, or I didn't want to have anything to do with his father and didn't want to have to worry about it. And so he went out, spent all his money, did all these things, ended up getting broke, having to literally eat with pigs because he was just that broke. He was that down. And then he kind of realized, he was like, oh man, like, my father back home, he's his workers literally eat three meals a day and they have a place to sleep and a place to rest. And man, I've, I've been doing this wrong. I've got to go back home. I've got to go back to my father. And in that story, we see that as the son is returning, the father actually runs out to meet the son as he's coming closer to the father. We see that, you know, it actually says that the father ran out to meet and greet his son and hugged his neck and kissed him and not only that but he put a robe on him he put a ring on him he put a sandal on him and it just it just shows that that's that's the heart of the father that's the heart of god the father that it doesn't matter where you where you've been or where you where you go if you turn around and start coming back to him he's going to meet you right where you're at and and maybe someone needs to hear this you're you're not too far gone like if you want to turn around right now and run back to God, run back to the Father, he will meet you with open arms. He will put a robe around you. He'll put a ring on your finger. He'll put sandals on your feet. He'll bring you back into the house. And there will be a celebration that happens because of your return to the Father. So I don't know who that's for, but if you're, if you're feeling that you're too far gone, that you, you can't be used by God, or you, you can't return to God, you've done too much, you've sinned too much, you've ran from Him too much, I, I guarantee you, if you are willing to turn around and run back to Him, He will meet you where you're at, and He will pick you back on your feet, He'll give you identity, He'll give you purpose, He'll give you everything you need to just be his son or be his daughter again so i don't know who that's for that just kind of came in but uh we yeah we just get to see that 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 is a direct reflection of god the father and and his children like he loves us so much that he just was willing to do everything on our behalf you know it's it's always something that we we see throughout scripture as god that all is always willing to do things on our behalf and one of the biggest verses that I think a lot of us can look at and, and say is a big indicator of God's love for us is John 3.16. You know, seeing the scripture that talks about, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's a very big scripture. Because we get to see how big God's love is, but we also get to see another aspect of who the Father is. Like it says, His one and only Son, which means God's been a Father since the beginning of time. He's been a, he's been a Father to His Son, His one and only Son, but He loved us so much for God's you know love, as I think, I think we talked about last week, God is a loving God. God the Father is a loving Father who was willing to send His one and only Son so that you may have an opportunity for righteousness and for justification, redemption, and salvation. 
you know, we see the heart of the Father by sending his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. And he blesses us with that ability to receive him as a holy sacrifice so that we can be back in community with him. Because God is God the Father has always wanted to have that connection and intimacy with us. Ever since Adam and Eve, you know, the fall in the garden, God has been putting this in place. Jesus has been the plan, the promise, the ultimate covenant that's been put in place for us to return to that close, intimate relationship with him because God values that close, intimate relationship. Even as I talked about last week, we see that God is a family man. God is a family God. You know, he cared about Adam and Eve. He cared about reproducing, them reproducing and filling the earth. We see that in, in Genesis, and we see the Father in that because in order to reproduce and, and have kids, you know, you, you have a father and a mother. You know, you, you, have that, you have that identity. You have to have both of those in order for, for that to be a reality. And so we see that God, is, God has always cared about it because God has already known, always known what it's, what it's mean to be a father. And it's just great to see that God is, is willing to go to that distance. God was willing to go to the distance to send his one and only son to die on the cross for us. It's, it's an absolute blessing to just to see God work in that way. And it's, it's great, like it's, it's definitely mercy and grace that we sometimes take for granted. But the Father's love is, is so beautiful, and it's, it's, he's worthy, he's worthy of it, and we're blessed to have him. And as we see that this is a gift, it's, it's a gift from, from God to just be able to receive salvation. And God is, the, you know, the Father of giving good gifts you know he's he's a great father who loves to give gifts to his children that's part of who he is like that's that's fully part of who he is like he doesn't just want us just to bow down to some robots like he wants us to partake in in the ministry with him and he wants to lavish us with good gifts even scripture talks about how he's he's got a mansion he's got a place built for us set for us ready for us so that when eternity comes we can spend it with him like he cares so much about us. Like he cares deeply for us. And he's always willing to be there for us. You know, it, it reminds me of a scripture, you know, with him being just a, a, a giver and someone who just loves to, to care for us and give us good gifts. It reminds me of um, a, a verse in, in Matthew 7, which talks about, you know, uh, at, you know, ask it will be given, you know, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. And it actually actually says that Matthew 7, 7, um, all the way to 11. You know, Matthew 7 says, um, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your father or to your children, how much more would your father who is in heaven give good give good things to those who ask him? And seeing that, we see that, like, God is such a, a giving God. Like, he, he not only gave us one and only son, but he even gives us the ability to, to receive more. 
Like it's not just, oh man, this is big. It's not just about receiving Jesus as salvation. It's about receiving the ability to partake in a ministry and having an intimate relationship with God. It's about actually, you know, realizing that I have freedom in Jesus. I have the ability to ask God for joy and he'll give me joy. I'll ask God to give me peace. He'll give me peace. I'll knock and bang, God, I need your help. God, I need your help. And he'll open the door to me. If I seek him in his word, trying to figure out who, who he is and more of who he is, and or how do I live this life? How do I do this thing? His word is there to bring that to life. Like that is something that God has as, as father. Like he's, he's given you and blessed you with the ability to ask and seek and knock, and he'll give. You'll find the door will be open to you. Like there's such a love and affection from the father in that, we just get to see that in his life and in the scripture uh, as we just continue just to, to live the life and um, just continue to just grow in our love and affection for him. And as you kind of notice when we talked about, you know, Father Gibbs, his one and only son, you know, it does, it does display the ultimate uh, affection of God's love for us to send his one and only son you know to send your one and only son to die for someone who deserved the punishment of sin uh, in their stead is is so loving it's gracious it's merciful like God knew that many of us would still deny him you know be blasphemous toward him talk junk about him speak and do all these terrible things sin and rebel against him and yet his love was so big like love abounded so that we could have grace in Jesus to have salvation. You know, the Father embodies all these things, and it is shown, you know, majorly in the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus, him living his life here on earth, really just gave us everything we we really needed for salvation and just to, to grow as an intimate son and daughter of God. You know, Scripture actually talks about when we accept Jesus as Lord, when we say, when we accept Jesus as our uh, Lord and Savior, we are actually given the identity to be called sons and daughters of God. As by that grace, is by that love that the Father has for us, that He sent His only one Son for us, that we also get to share as co-heirs with Christ in the inheritance of the identity of son and daughter. You know, it's the invitation. It gives you the invitation to sit down with him at the table and partake with him, just as Jesus did. And Jesus knew the Father very well. He, he even throughout Scripture talks about how, you know, I, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says, you know, or says. And we see that, that Jesus was so connected to the Father and that he spoke about the Father multiple times throughout Scripture. You know, even he even talked about points where on, only the Father knew certain things. That Jesus didn't know everything. That, that the Father only knew certain things. Which I think also plays into the, the fact of what we talked about last week with who is God. Like you really do see a lot of the Father aspect and, and a lot of who God is. Just because that's that's who God is. He's, he's a loving Father. But it's the all-knowing. Like the all-knowing God. He's the all-knowing Father. Like he knows everything, and his love for us, you know, was something that he he wanted to make known, and he made known through Jesus. And so, just seeing God all throughout Scripture and, and the Bible um, as Father is is great, and his his love and affection is wonderful, and his his um, his correction is most definitely needed 
um, as we see in the Old Testament. So seeing the the loving correction side of God, the Father is is also a huge aspect that you know we just sometimes need to just just grow up and, and get accustomed to is that hey like things happen and you do the wrong thing and God loves you enough to correct you about it because He wants to keep you on the right path. Uh, and that's the path of righteousness. That's the path of living like Christ. And so, yeah, that's that's really just a great opportunity and way we get to see the Father throughout Scripture. And it's always it's always good to just look and see on how God, you know, shows us everything that uh, we need through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Spirit is there in the Scripture. You know, by His Word, we we receive everything. You know, receive the gifts that he talks about you know he wants to give us and lavish good gifts on us because he loves us and he cares about us and jesus is the ultimate gift like 100 percent, jesus jesus is the ultimate gift that we we could have um, because it gives us that that right standing with god and that relationship back with him so yeah no that's that's just how you see the father throughout scripture um it's just a wonderful way just to see who who God is, and definitely keep looking in Scripture and and you know even read books or look it up. You know what are what are different ways you see who the Father is? How is the Father the Father in Scripture? And keep researching on it. You know I can I can give you a, a groundwork and base work of that, but definitely don't let what I just say you know be the only thing that you hold on to when it comes to knowing the Father. Um, he definitely, he definitely, desperately wants to get to know you and wants you to get to know Him as Father, but just loving on you and caring for you and bringing you through tough times and and just strengthening you like that is the heart of the father is to just love on you and care for you so well and that's just how you see him that's just how that's just who he is and it's great great to see that and it's great to have his son um jesus who will actually be talking about next week we'll actually be talking about who is jesus and kind of just breaking down um, who he is in scripture and who he is and um, conjunction with you know um, the Godhead you know overall three and yeah we'll just we'll just go a little bit uh, go a little bit in, into detail of, of who Jesus is and take the time to get to know him more intimately but you know as for today you know when it comes to who is the father you know we've, we've been able to see uh, who he is in certain ways throughout scripture and definitely keep looking it up but next week we'll Definitely hit on who Jesus is and talk about who Jesus is as the Son, as the Savior, as our, as our Lord, and just break down what Scripture says about Him and just figure out more and more on who He is. But thank you all so much, you know, for for this week, I'll uh, for this podcast and the episode for this week because it's it's definitely something that uh, is needed. People definitely need to know who the Father is, and uh, the more we grow in our connection with Him, the more. We'll continue to be uh, better sons and daughters because we'll we'll grow to see how he how much of uh, a loving father he is. But super stoked, um, really excited just to see what God shows us next week when it comes to us talking about who the Son is, who is Jesus, and from there we'll just keep moving forward and talk about who is the Holy Spirit the week after that, and let God lead from there on out and keep trusting in Him. But we thank you, you know, so much. You know, I thank you so much for just coming back again for another episode. And if you have um, any way of just getting this out that uh, out there and sharing that, please do um, send links to people, share it on Spotify, Apple, and uh, Google. So there, I have the Google Podcasts, the Apple, the Apple Podcasts, and the Spotify Podcasts. Um, that is where all this will be streamed to. 
Um, so yeah, if there's any any way you can share from there, please do get the word out. I definitely want people to be able to hear uh, what God says and does through this podcast to grow people more closer to him so that we can continue to be his hands and feet uh, in this world and grow closer to him. But yeah, that's what I have for this week. And I'm super stoked to see what God's going to be doing in the next episode. And I cannot wait to see you there.